Hey everyone, and welcome back to another week with the HLP. Before we get into the episode, I have one announcement. That announcement is Speak With Plants, our Patreon show that is for the $5 and up tier, is officially launching and the first episodes will be out on May 16th. That is our Iron Thing Invasion converted into Tui and GM by me, where every player is a plant. (laughs) That's all I have for this week, so with that, I'll welcome you into episode 244, Live in La Viva section. Do you like liquor and things that go boom? up listener because this one's for you prepare yourself for the hideous laughter podcast hey everybody and welcome back to the hideous laughter podcast episode 244 we're back in the lab baby mm-hmm back in the lab mix up some potions gonna rest because <laughs> we're oh, the wrong yeah. way as you probably realized. I, we realized that, yes. Thank you. The double doors tricked you once again. They did, yeah. Have a nice, gettable heads up. Uh, shaved a couple episodes <laughs> off this, you know? Uh, you got some items. Yeah, I guess. Killed the lopper, you know? Yeah, I guess. That sucked. Ticked, oh, did it suck? One did it suck? We, we knew you were just going to rest anyway after whatever you did. I know, but it was just mean. And now he's going to be such a jerk. That sounds like mm. a you problem, not a me problem. But, like, you cost this. <laughs> I didn't walk your character in there. <laughs> Sounds like you probably. Oh, boy. Well, um, what are you drinking, Haley? I am drinking a strawberry lemonade neutral. Why are you taking that out of the can? He does this every time. I wanted to look to see if there was a fun saying that I hadn't seen before on there. It's the retro design. Sorry, guys. Steve Steve usually takes his... Oh, PBR? Watch it. Steve <laughs> usually takes his beer out of the can to remind himself of what he's drinking, mm-hmm. so that when I ask him, he knows what he's, he can read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today, he just has a hams, but he took it out like he didn't know what a fucking hams was. <laughs> well, I saw on the top it said, the beer refreshing, which is a great slogan. Um, and then I just wanted to make sure because it's the retro can, there wasn't anything else exciting on there. And it does say from the land of sky blue waters. That's pretty much it. I was really hoping for something that would pop. But those are the Nathaniel retro cans. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's a hams, Griffin. Nice. Oh, it's really foaming. Yeah, those are old. Yeah, they're pretty old. Pretty old hams. <laughs> Is that from the backup stash? Yeah, it's from the backup stash. Yeah. I have my own backup stash at home. This is from your backup stash stash. that I looted, brought back to my apartment, and now back here. Yeah, this is like the uh, one of the several places that Ron Swanson buries his gold. Mm -hmm. It's like there's there's a stash in our house, there's a stash in Steve's house, there's a stash in probably one of our cars we don't know about. Keep a couple at work, a couple uh, at the (laughs) the community (laughs) pool. At the community pool, at the gym. The gym. Yeah. <laughs> Some tape to the bottom of the bench. <laughs> <laughs> this 45 feels a little heavy. Dropped a couple at Eric's place for next year's Super Bowl party. Yep. yep. <laughs> All checks. Really, really, really planning ahead. Yeah. 
Uh, Brooks, you got anything good? Well, um, because Emily's drink requires pineapple, I decided to put a little uh, rum into the can of pineapple chunks and then finish eating that. So it's you're a, eating your drink? It's a choice. Yeah, normally I don't <laughs> enjoy chewing my alcohol, but, you know, there are certain things you can make exceptions for. And rum-soaked pineapple is, for me, one of those. One such thing, yeah. Rum-soaked rum pineapple is pretty good. It is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a staple. Weather's getting warmer, at least for us. Rum-soaked mm-hmm. watermelon, also good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm not a big uh, alcohol watermelon guy because I feel like it's too watermelon or it's still too watery. Mm. It is. I think in the so right range. really like, yeah. Well, so the- I think the secret to that is the way that you prep it. If you're doing the drill hole in and just put the bottle in and let it go, that's too much water, in my opinion. Mm. What do you mean it's too much water? Like there's too much water already in the watermelon to soak it all up right. And then it's just like wet. It doesn't work. But if you cut it in half and you like tip it on its side and let some of the normal juices like go out or you save those for mixes later Mm. and then you pour liquid in, it's way better. And then you eat all the watermelon and then you take all the extra liquid that's gone and you put that back with the original juice and now you got another drink. Mm. That's good. (laughs) That's the only way. That sounds like a little much work. Yeah, but if you're doing like a, a bunch of alcoholic fruits like together... Making yourself a little alcoholic fruit salad. Just take to the pool. Yeah, I I like that. I <laughs> I don't yeah, I also don't like the super soaked watermelon with booze. Not to say that I don't like a boozy watermelon, but when it's just like dripping, it's like, oh fuck. Right. I gotta put this in my mouth. This well, yeah, sucks. and it doesn't absorb at all. So yeah. you you just get like vodka or rum or whatever in between bites of watermelon. Yes. Like straight. It's like you're licking a shot glass and then eating watermelon. And overall, chewing alcohol is just always a choice I'll make. Barbaric. Yeah. Barbaric. (laughs) You can't swallow a jello shot in one swallow. What's the point? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Anna, if you listen to this, this guy knows. (laughs) Anna. Are you calling out Emily's sister? I am. (laughs) What does she chew her jello shots? Her she made jello shots that to be fair were very good. However, I didn't I I picked just a generic I guess I say generic. Uh exactly what you think of when you think of a jello shot in a plastic tray. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But Anna's jello shots were too tall and they were not the right consistency. They weren't wet be, enough. No, they were they were flavor first, and so they were more Jello than they were. Like they weren't, yeah, they, they weren't Jello Jello. It was a very solid Jello. That's why I said mm. they weren't wet enough because normally Jello shots have so have enough like alcohol, alcohol. in mm-hmm. them that they aren't full Jello. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why that's why it slipped down the throat so nice and easy. Slide right in, Absolutely. and that's mm-hmm. why I chose the normal Jello shots over hers. And she just she's <laughs> she really took offense to that because yeah, it, it. it failed in fit, form, and function. 
Have you guys Fit, ever fitting uh, down my throat, forming <laughs> into my <laughs> forming into my stomach? <laughs> I was able to form it with my tongue and function as getting me drunk. Have you have you ever had a jello shot mishap? What? So, so <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like a story you want to tell. <laughs> so, like, because I only swallow them whole. Uh-huh. There have been times where I've been very drunk having jello shots and uh-huh. like I cough or something while I take it. Oh dear. I've just this has happened to me maybe two or three times. That's where, where I like swallowed it and then I coughed and then the whole jello shot oh my like, God. fully for, fully formed like wiggling just falls out into my hand and then I'm like and I have to retake it. I was about to say I've got a very important question. What happened to the shot? It oh, yeah, sounds it's like a, it's coming. Oh, you, it's, it's not it's not coming back in chunks because I take it I take it all in one yeah. piece. It sounds like those yeah. people who did the like it was a super popular trend for a while to do that. They're they're both like there's the the jello worm things that you make from straws. And then there was also a trend to like finish these little jello straw things that you can purchase. And they were like tubes of jello. And the thing was like people would like suck them down, but like it was the the funny part about it is almost no one could actually just keep it down because like it's a an immense amount of jello all at once. And almost without fail, everybody came back up and was fully formed back in their yeah, hand. That's exactly every what time. That's exactly every what time. happens. Yeah. It's like a and then it's in your hand and you're like, oh damn it. Baby burden it back out for your young. I mean, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. tasted so good the first time. The shot's so nice, I took it twice. <laughs> well, I myself am having a little uh larceny whiskey on the rocks uh, and a liquid death mango chainsaw to wash that down. Emily, I think you have the Patreon beverage. I do. I have the candy corn martini suggested Ooh, by Giuseppe. Okay. Mm. And this is cake vodka, pineapple juice, heavy cream, and it is supposed to have candy corn, but I couldn't find that. You can guess what time of year this was suggested. <laughs> It ain't candy corn harvest, folks. Yeah. Uh, But it does kind of separate a little bit. So it kind of looks like a candy corn-ish, but the white's on the bottom, so uh, wrong order. But uh. Who's to say the order, really? If you were drinking it out of a fluted glass, it would look right. Ooh, I should have done that. That would have looked prettier. Darn. I, I don't even think we have a fluted glass. We're not that... We maybe have some plat. Oh no, I think we got rid of our plastic ones. You're no, right. We're we're trash people. Mm. Yeah, no mm. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no room for fluted glasses. <laughs> Jello shots only in this house. <laughs> no fluted glasses are all allowed. Exactly. We only do little plastic containers that we throw out later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw the environment. They actually have <laughs> reusable Jello shot. It's almost Starbucks. Yeah. They're like little yeah. push pop. Yeah. I've seen those. I got them too. They're called ice cube trays. Put twelve of them in there. <laughs> go right down the row. <laughs> Get yourself a party. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, get a real tongue workout. Ooh, I only I only coughed one of those back up. <laughs> get out of here, you guys. All right. Well, it's the it's the Ohio crew rolling off. Let's oh, go. Yeah, it is. I forgot. Come on, boys. All right. 16. I tied you. <gasps> oh, I got a nine. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Boys. 
This is the third time in a row. It yeah. might be. I think it was Brooks, then me, or no, it was Brooks, me. then you. Brooks, then me. Then me. Then you. Yeah. But this is the third <laughs> no, time that the I, two of us have gone to the finale. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was you and me, yeah. and then you and me, and now you and me again. Uh, what a way to close out Boys Month. Thrice around the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> National Boys History Month, full of kind of floating bodies and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, they encountered a haunt there uh, that attempted to drown them casting an effect much like the spell weird which for those of you that don't know what weird does it's kind of like a mass phantasmal killer very bad it killed the lopper um and then you continued on to find the tomb of a um knight from the shining crusade there was a haunt there as well a sword that attacked you off the wall but you put that down rather quickly and found the um found a magical book here that is from uh, one of the heralds of Iomidae, St. Lemurin, who you remember from the church that you killed witches in in book five. Um, finally, you decided the day is over, went back to the alchemy lab, stone-shaped the door that goes deeper into the catacombs, and now I think it's time to do a little bit of research and head into the Magnificent Mansion. All right. So research. Yes. Sure. Um, so you have the notes of this alchemist. You'd, you'd taken them, but now you can actually use them and reference parts of the lab here, as well as, um, you know, observe the lab itself and do some research there. Uh, so what are you guys interested in looking into first? I mean, this is kind of Durin's specialty, and then knowledge as a whole is Matumbe. So, do they have a expertise area that they're like thinking? I mean, I'm sure Durin's great at craft alchemy. Matumbe has that too, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, Matumbe obviously has pretty much any other knowledge. Yeah, I think Durin takes point taking a look around at some of these laboratory tables with Matumbe in tow, and maybe Durin kind of guides his gaze as Durin might point out stuff that looks familiar to him and then Matumbe will start looking at stuff that maybe doesn't quite look so familiar lending his expertise where the gaps are in Durin's knowledge sure um, why don't you make me a craft alchemy check alright Matumbe is going to automatically uh, succeed on uh, an aid here Ooh, rolled kind of bad though 24 Uh, With a 24, you notice something odd about these corpses, but you can't quite tell what. You might actually need someone with medical expertise here. Uh, Your alchemy knowledge can tell that the tubes in here are constantly flowing. And when you feel like... uh, I guess I, you know, you'd know enough about medicine to at least like feel for a pulse or something. You do feel a pulse Hmm. on this corpse. Hmm. You think it might be coming from the liquid that's getting pumped through them, though. Okay. Let's further define what having a medical knowledge means because Mitsuba has seven ranks in heal. Yeah, so you could certainly roll a heal check. 
I would also allow a religion. Well, that's what it's going to be then. Eclipse can auto-aid, and I believe that Tulia can too. Hang on. They're going to get you different things. So if if someone like um, like Uska, I know, has really high heal as well, wants to step in for the heal check. Yes, she does, and she will take a look. And I'm going to see if I can aid on those heals. All right, let's, let's do the heal check first. I aid on the heal. One aid, not two. Well... I rolled a natural one. But if we're right. ending out the day here, I still have a little bit of my tweak the odds. I have I could do four, so that would get me up to a twenty-six without any aid. And then did you aid as well? The heal? You auto aid, right? Steve? Yes, I, I, I can. I didn't know if these had to happen at the same time. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, no, then no, Matumbe no. auto-aids as, as okay. well. So and Lyra um, can aid as well. Oh, I could sure roll, so. to, roll to aid. And I do. So a 34, a 34 is enough to know that this these, these corpses are not living, but they are not dead. This um, This black substance being pumped through them is almost being filtered by them or it's like picking something up from inside them. You can't quite tell on that front, but let's see the religion to see if you can piece these bits together. Okay. All right, with the auto aid from Durin, that's going to be a 47. I think I had a couple other aids in there. going to push me over 50. Yeah, there's at least two aids. These creatures are in a special state of unlife. Okay. Uh, they, they're like the equivalent of comatose, but for a zombie. And what that means is that, you know, with all of these other checks, you deduce that this liquid is picking up the residual negative energy in these corpses and powering the entire lab with negative energy, which would allow all kinds of experiments to be made on undead creatures, as well as would provide a consistent power source to create something, something like unholy in nature. It would it basically allow something to be bathed in positive energy or negative energy 24 seven. Okay. So when we know that about the creatures nailed up on the wall with these tubes and the liquid going through them and all of that, now I want to focus my attention on what experiments might have been in progress that are still out here. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can pick anything up from like a lab journal or something to understand what did happen here, maybe that's another route too. Um, what do you want me to roll for that? So for the journal, uh, I'm first going to need linguistics. It looks like this is written in code. Okay. Linguistics is something that Matumbe has. I've got it at a plus 12. I believe that's something I can roll a bonus plus 8 on. Plus 19 Take it. from Eclipse. Oh, with a with an auto-8 nice. there. Let's see if Ikmer can help because Air Bear can And Tulia also has a plus 19. Do you guys think yeah. I should oh, wow. just roll them separate and see how I go? Yeah. 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 That is smart. Who, who's aiding who? I can't. Eclipse, Durin will definitely aid Tulia. I had to roll for that so one. So an eight on each. It. Yeah, eight on each for me. All right, well, Eclipse rolled 16 and Tulia rolled 11. So 
Eclipse would be, what, 16 plus 19 plus 2? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what that is. 37. Thank you. Uh, yeah, 37 is enough. Uh, although, you know, I think both of you working, I think even Tulia has enough uh, with above a 30 that both of you are able to kind of like tag team decoding. Uh, you, you're able to basically create a, um, a fast and loose like cipher okay. uh, that Matumbe can then use to study the journal. Um, maybe it's probably going to be a combination of Matumbe and Durin that are looking at this stuff. Uh, I mean, this is an al- alchemist journal. Mm-hmm. Without a check, Durin uh, reading this knows what type of alchemist this guy was. He's not a traditional alchemist. He was what's known as a vivisectionist, probably the most cruel type of alchemist. And you know, those of you in the original party know exactly how terrible they can be, uh, as uh, Dr. Viv was the same type of alchemist. Um, So go ahead and give me a craft alchemy here. Oh, all right. Uh, Who was that you mentioned, Griff? Dr. Viv. Oh, I just don't remember who that is. Hmm. Rooks. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> okay. Darren's going to roll with an auto aid from Tomb Bay. Ah, oh, man, I should have rolled separately. It's a bad check. 22 total. Rolled a three. Yeah, with a 22, um, you're, you're kind of having trouble following... Um, what's going on in this journal. There's a lot of notes um, and it's it's taking you a long time. Uh, so I'm going to say like, you're not in danger. You can certainly take a 20, okay. uh, but like that so that would have been a role to like for you to you know, find relevant information quickly. This isn't going to be quick. This is probably going to take you a couple hours. That's fine. Um, but what do you get taking a 20? All right. Can you aid on taking a 20? I feel like the answer is maybe. I think if you both take a 20, I don't see why not. Okay. Well, taking a 20, that would be a 39 total with the eight added in. Okay. Um, good. You needed to take 20. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> DC 35, but it's going to give you uh, all the information here. Nice. So you, the Bay Book Club. You, yeah, you you read through this journal, and the first things you begin to read about are these components that uh, Nalthazar described. Nalthazar, you find, is the name of this lich. Uh, you know, it's, it's like some of his experiments are like signed off and that kind of thing. Um, so you find these components and descriptions of how they were acquired. Um, that were delivered to Nalthazar over the past several months. The first component is the captured essence of a prison warden, a man named Hawkrin, that um, he mentions Arn Vrood delivered from Harrowstone Prison. Uh, he, s- he said this contained such spiritual energy from a truly good person that corrupting it would be like normally spirits this good don't stay on the material plane but this one clearly had unfinished business Mm -hmm. Um, and so using its essence and corrupting it 
would um, would provide a powerful component for um, what he begins calling the Carrion Crown Elixir. Mm. Um, the next thing he receives is delivered in tandem. Um, it is a piece of a packed lord's heart and a skull composed of a thousand corpses' pieces. He says these both arrived from Feldgrau by horseback, uh, and these he, you know, proceeds to describe as, um, you know, putting them under this immense negative energy pressure to um, to corrupt them. He he has finally like tamed the ghost at this point of Hawkrin using this like negative energy to control it. And he describes in here that a final component is coming mm. in order to create the Carrion Crown Elixir. What's known as the Book of the Raven is being traded for, and he expects it, you know, at, at this point in his journal in a few days. Then he describes that the item is no longer available, but that a new person has come to Renchurch, and she seems to be able to procure an item at least as powerful. He says his new associate's name is Opal. Finally, um, he describes the process of procuring the final item. Opal, a few weeks ago in this entry, has brought him the blood of an archdevil to use in the creation of a carry and crown under the under the condition mm-hmm. that she or that he utilize his alchemical skills to make the owner of said blood compliant he finds in his studies that while the blood is powerful and it reacts to this negative energy and the other items well it fizzles doesn't seem to last and he thinks he's going to have to take something more substantial Uh, and he begins calling this item the eye of o's which he procures from this victim that nana opal has brought don't like that one bit in return as a vivisectionist uh, Opal explained to him that um, this man, who he now knows as Sawyer, that she's brought to him, um, was once a uh, was once an unstable lycanthrope. Was once in so much pain that he would do whatever Opal asked uh, if she could remove that pain. And this is where. Duran, you you recognize the most frightening ability of a vivisectionist that he has used called torturous transformation. It seems that he was able to use his alchemy to force Sawyer into a state between human and lycanthrope, a state of constant pain. In his next entry, he describes a success on both fronts. This captive has become compliant to Opal. 
although he knows the immense pain that the creature must be in. And also using Sawyer's eye, he's been able to create a stable carrion crown elixir. And finally, with that high of a craft alchemy and with Matumbe's help, Durin, you know that with the tools in this lab, you could reverse that transformation. Okay. So, after conversing for like an hour, Durin and Matumbe turn back to the party. I, I think we've discovered what they're doing here. We're, we're standing in some terrible vivisectionist lab that, if it wasn't where the Carrion Crown was created, it is a contributing place for it. A laboratory where it was at least worked on, or parts of it. It sounds like they have everything they need, but our friend Sawyer, well, he's, he's in terrible danger and in terrible pain. Yes. Um, if I may interject, Mr. Rook. By all means. As I was looking over your shoulder, I noticed some troubling things. A torturous transformation was done upon him. He is in constant pain. He's going to be raving mad, I assume. But I, th- I think what you're leaving out there, Matumbe, is that there's a way out of this for him. If we can capture him or, or maybe bring him back to this lab or trick him in some way, we can undo what's been done to him. I don't think that'll stop the carrion crown, but we might get a valuable ally back. Yeah, he's ridiculously important. He's like my best friend besides Erber, so... Besides, the devil wolves need their leader. I feel like he would do the same for me, whatever it takes. Yes, he did join us for a short while, and I don't doubt his conviction to the cause, but... If he is under the control of this horrid, horrid witch Opal, he may not come easily. He's going to put up a fight, and we beat him once before, but who knows what they've done to him since. It's going to be quite aggressive, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we did it one time. You know, it wasn't too bad. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not worry, really worried, guys. There is just a little bit more in this journal. Uh, It seems that this lich was an expert at creating alchemical uh, simul... uh, I can never say this word right. Simulacrums. I think you did it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's better than what I would have come up with. (laughs) Um, And and you know those are um, essentially duplicates Mm. of people. Um, now that potentially bodes poorly. In fact, as you are reading through, you know, this series of events, you do find, you know, now that now that these pieces are starting to tie up timeline-wise with your adventure, these pieces that they're grabbing, mm-hmm. parts of his notes, you recognize that between him receiving the warden's ghost and him receiving the rest of the items. He describes an encounter with a Divian, asking him to make a Divian a sim. God damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can say doppelbanger, it's fine. Yeah, a doppelbanger. Um, 
to send to Lepidstat. Okay. Which huh? means the Adivian you encountered in the trial huh? was not the real Adivian at all. No, I got I got an issue with that. Cause what? So he has like a clone. At least one. Yeah. Which I guess is bad. Mm-hmm. Lyra's arch nemesis was a clone the whole time? Yes. Ah, oh, that's disappointing. I wonder if that's a get out of jail free card if you somehow miraculously end up killing him in book two. <laughs> like, yeah, he was a clone. Don't worry about it. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was pretty annoying. What, um, what that would tell you is that if you were to try and like use divination based off of that, that version of him, you'd get the clone. You wouldn't get him. Mm. Oh, oh, that would make sense. Huh? Hmm. Wow. Okay. This is so elaborate. Mm hmm. Well, so we weren't smart enough to try doing divination against him anyway. That'd be correct. So. That'd be correct. Yep. <laughs> so then there could possibly be like the other schools of him. You don't know how many of him there are in in these records, it seems like there was one that he wanted to send to Lepidstat specifically to keep an eye on you. Is there any indication that he made any more? Not like, in this book. Okay. Not any more of a Divian. Th- and I guess that's that's actually what I meant. I, I don't think I phrased it perfectly, yeah. but yeah. I'm worried there's like a bonus Viv or a bonus um, uh Turner or whoever running around here. Mm-hmm. It seems like a possibility if he's able to mm-hmm. clone a Divian. So now the you know the good thing you would know about alchemical semacular doppelbangers <laughs> is that uh, I, Jesus, I can't say that word. Um, is that th- they exist with like far less HP, mm. and um, although this guy has greater the greater version of it. Uh, so he can create them with almost like the full like spellcasting power and that kind of stuff. Um, they're not like perfect clones. God. Okay. So why were they struggling so much to clone Kendra upstairs? Well, what you would know is that it's a very in-depth process to create one of these. The what you found out upstairs is that they can basically make zombies look like Kendra. Yes, I recall that. Which wouldn't be anywhere near, like, the perfect copy like this is and take far less time. Okay. So they certainly, like, could have cloned Kendra as a misdirect, but Kendra hasn't even been here long enough to uh, create one. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that... Like, they they take... Like, these alchemical ones Uh, take, like, a matter of, like, weeks to hmm. make. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not just like, he's not pooping out <laughs> doppelbangers all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> if only. That makes sense. If only we could be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, like, it's, yeah, painting, painting. It a works portrait. a little bit differently if, if you're thinking, like, it, this is also a spell, but, like, the alchemical version is doing it with alchemy. Instead, so it's like, it's kind of like you're, like, growing a clone instead of, instead of just magicking one. I think the, cool. the magic ones are like made out of snow. So it's it's more in depth because alchemists 
don't get that spell. You know, you can't drink a potion of it. That's cool. That's cool. So it's actually, you would, like, Durin would know these are, like, discoveries he, he yeah. could have picked up. So I'm assuming that's the last thing in the journal. That's kind of what it sounded like you were leading us towards. Um, are there any other records we could look at, experiments, whatever? Just want to make sure that we're not missing anything while we have the time to be here. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you find is... It's almost like a factory of these. You actually find six of them uh, just here. Uh, but they're an item you've used before, haunt siphons. Oh. Oh. Yeah. But this is like, you know, they're able to like mass produce these with this negative energy floating around. But if you remember, you can use like a haunt siphon to damage a haunt. Like you open it and it's kind of like a... Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. an instant damage. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's like 5d6 of positive damage or something to the haunt. Wow. Those would have been helpful in the tunnels. <laughs> yeah. Moving quick, baby. But yeah, behind, besides that, um, one thing that you really notice is that like this guy's phylactery is not in this lab. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed, that's haunting. So his soul's off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's a concern. Yeah. The souls off somewhere else, but yeah. Besides that, um, you've you've pretty much figured out all this. I mean, you you even find like now that you're reading through the book, you find like the tools that were used for these mm-hmm. things. Uh, so you find like the tools that were used to create the carrying crown. Uh, you find the tools that were used to, you know, modify saw and that kind of thing. So you would you would know that you would get a bonus if you brought him back here specifically to like try and undo this got it because you essentially have like i mean this guy's notes although i'm like describing them at a high level are like diagrams and like you know he's like sure yeah like this is you can you can almost tell from the writing like he's particularly excited and proud of like the job he did on sawyer because it's like oh i've never you know i've never i've done this with animals right i've turned animals into like anthropomorphized animals uh, and that kind of thing with this torturous transformation. I've never done it to lycanthrope to like force the lycanthropy to like somewhat happen and that kind of thing. So it's like, it's almost like breaking new ground for him too, uh, which means that he just has a very detailed record of everything he did. Got it. So you want to hang tight to these notes, probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do that. Okay. Um, while all of this is happening, I'm going to need. Hmm. Ickmer to make me a will save. Oh no. Hmm. This, uh, this. You know what? It's going to go great. <laughs> <gasps> and a 17 off the die. Okay. Oh, 30. 30. Nice. Um, yeah, the hair on your back bristles as you feel like you're being watched, but nothing happens. <gasps> hmm. I wonder if someone's scrying on us. That is, um, yeah, that is true. Because I, I do believe I picked, I picked up, uh, didn't I pick up a scar a long time ago? You did pick up a scar. Yeah. Guys, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, but feels like we're not alone down here. Uh, who, did, who would you think is down here? I don't know. That's just it. 
But, you know, when you get that feeling like you're being watched, but, you know, they're always behind you and then you turn around and they're not there anymore. It's kind of like that. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it could be from, it very well could be from the scar thing that I got. Ikma, could it not be that we are standing in the middle of an alchemist lab with a half a dozen comatose zombies looking at you from every direction? It does. It is quite unnerving when they look at you as you walk by. See? Nothing to worry about. I'm sure our presence here hasn't gone unnoticed. Whoever's further ahead, they could be keeping tabs on us, seeing how far we're getting. And when I tuck you in at night, Ikma, I'll make sure there's no monsters under your bed, too. Oh, thank you. You you wouldn't believe how hard it is to sleep without you. <laughs> Wait, are y'all summoning monsters inside my mansion? Just checking nope. under the bed so there isn't any. Why would you need to check if you ain't summon them? I promise not to summon any monsters tonight. Intentionally. God. Yeah. That's more terrifying than anything else because you have the water room. She says as her eyes roll back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, not, not all the monsters you create in your head are, you know, sometimes you want to you wanna forget them, but you can't. Those kind of monsters. Are, are, are you okay? <laughs> nope, just going through my uh, mid-wolf crisis here. <laughs> my mid-teen crisis. <laughs> Matumbe, do you think he can still be trusted like that? I mean... No. Clearly. <laughs> no, not, not well. None of them can be trusted. Who are we kidding? Well, we know that. It's just like, he, we thought maybe him... He's a ravenous wolf. A simple-minded fellow, to be sure, but take the leash off the animal and see what happens. <laughs> Air Bear is <laughs> shocked at this, at this <laughs> type of... that this talk is allowed. And you know what? He is going to speak of as a... That was not very nice. And you know what? That made me feel like... I was less than you, and I don't think that is true. Hmm. And how much of that feeling is coming from below the wrist? Not a lot, I imagine. Hmm. <laughs> ghoul hands. The hand, like, turns around on the wrist and flicks you off. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys heading into the mansion? I think it's time to come mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Tulia shall do what she does, which is summon the mansion. Any changes to anyone's rooms? Tulia has a change. Sure. That is, she has uh, determined that there will be magical indoor plumbing. (laughs) And she can take a long shower with big fluffy towels because that was a horrible nightmare of a day. Yeah, that room uh, itself might want to like it might might prompt Ikmer to maybe take take the the bear rug off the floor today when he walks in like you guys could wash though <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> preposterous. Mm, the rock. Preposterous. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, you could just roll around in it more. And then it hides your already stink. Now, technically, we do have a whole room available because the lopper is not with us. And so that can become a crazy, luxurious bathroom for us all. Ooh, <gasps> like a spa. Yes. It's Ooh. it's a spa episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Ikmer has the towel on, like wrapped in his head. And with his and Do you have hair? Oh you do. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then and then he he finds, of course, uh Pantene, uh conditioner, and float takes the towel off, flicks his hair, he is he's back to being a teen dream. <laughs> I imagine Air Bear like comes out after being like washed and it's just like Poofy, like you know how yeah. the dogs burgess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want there to be a, a splash fight um, with all the boys in the in the boys uh baths. <laughs> <laughs> so Matuve and Ikmer and Air Bear and Dern all start splashing each other and giggling. <laughs> you don't think Matuve would sit on the side? This is nonsense. <laughs> no, they absolutely would. <laughs> Ikmer, Ikmer peeks over into the other tub and, and just kind of looks down at, at himself, peeks over at the other tub, and peeks down again. <laughs> and just sits back down. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> so, Ikmer, when you go back to your room, it's not as you remember the prior night. It's pitch black out the window. There's no moon. There's no stars. There's no woods. In fact, when you look out the window, you see the scarred land of Virlik that you've been traveling through. It's quiet. No howl. The logs in the fire are wet. The fire doesn't burn. It's lonely. Before any of you gather back together for dinner, you can smell that the kitchen's already been cooking. It smells like cookies. Yeah, Baked up. goods. What do you do? She can't be in my mansion. She can if she knows which plane to go to. What? Oh, she followed the she followed the scar. Brooks, you fool. Didn't she Kicking do that him before out. we got into the mansion? I I think this would bring back Ikmer's feeling of of being watched, hair raised. I think this is a pretty clear sign that something's wrong in here. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think everyone picks up on that. That definitely means that at least Matumbe and Durin, like maybe headed towards the the kitchen in in towels giggling after the splash fight <laughs> um, and they both pause they look at each other Duran nods Matumbe nods as well and they both head back to their bedrooms and like start gearing up because they think it's about to go down in here <laughs> mm-hmm. like there's there's not even any communication between the two of them they just look nod and start gearing up and it's a pretty bad situation because they they are both full health at this point, but like low on everything. Yep. What about the rest of you? Oh, I, th- I think both 
Ikmar and Erbear would remember the smell of those, or the smell would bring memories of the juju zombies that were cookie flesh quite quickly to to remember that and put one and one together. Uh, Uska would likely leave the spa first, and as soon as she walks out, I think she would stop in her tracks and take a moment to process what she is smelling and the potential danger there since we all thought this was a very safe space for us. And she'll quickly turn right around and go grab Lyra because we all know she's not leaving the spa until she has to. Uh, (laughs) And then they'll both go make sure they have all their gear and they're ready to either leave or fight if needed. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, Eclipse would do the same thing as she'd gather her stuff. Tulia would be incredibly confused because this is supposed to be very much like a safe space. And if... if So you guys walk out into the kitchen? I guess so. Yeah, we have to check it out. When you arrive, you see piles and piles of baked goods decorating the table. Cookies and cakes and little gingerbread houses, candy, and you see a little old lady pulling fresh cookies from the oven, unassisted by any of the semi-translucent servants of the mansion. And she turns to the group of you and smiles, a rosy-cheeked smile. Oh, well, it seems my tar wanted me to keep an eye on you and congratulate you for coming so far. Now, I think all of you should eat up. You're going to need your strength if you want to make it further and save poor Kendra and Sawyer, too. Oh, he's having such a lovely time now that he's back with me. And then the facade, the veneer, fades. And you see her skin become like a mottled gray. Her eyes take on this piercing yellow-green glow. And the cookies on the table just kind of drip with blood. I urge you not to come further if you value your lives. But I know saying that to you is foolish. If you wish to take me on yourselves... My oven is always open. And with that, she casts a spell and steps through a portal, leaving you in the mess of baked goods in the kitchen. So we're left in the, like, mess of baked goods, and realistically, all of this invisible, like, on-scene servants would start cleaning that up because we clearly don't want that. (laughs) Unless you guys need them to stop. Yeah, obviously we. Any perception ready. check? Perception check. All right. Forty-eight from Tumbe. Uh, yeah, dirt. You guys don't have to roll tomb smell. <laughs> the the pan is still sizzling from the from the cookies she just pulled out. Mm-hmm. It does not smell like cookies anymore. It smells like meat. Okay. So as as Matumbe is inspecting this pan, he's gonna just kind of casually say, 
So I assume that this was that Otpul you all have been chasing. Kind of addressing the like neutral interlude party because I don't think he's seen her, but everybody else has. At least the folks that went down to the shackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the shackles folks are the only ones that have seen her. Yeah. This pan smells like meat. I don't know if that is a byproduct of whatever foul magic she's using. Can you like you approach the yeah I, yeah. I want to check it out, find more about out about yeah. it. You see a now kind of half charred hand that's missing several fingers. Hmm. Ah. That she has left on this pan. Do we know anybody that is missing a few fingers? Is it a whole hand, though? It's a hand. The hand is missing several fingers. And then Durin will speak up and say, I believe Captain Anya Savarine was missing a few, and her soul was in possession of Opal's when Opal departed us back in the shadows. Shackles. It wasn't the slip of the tongue. I, 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 I knew, I knew where I was. That's, that's awful. That means, that means they've got Anya now too. But the most important question here is how well done is the hand? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe no. You're not going to eat this hand. This is a, a hand of a trusted compatriot. Um. Though, Eclipse, the hand's just an object now, right? Perhaps there's something to learn here. <sighs> I guess I'll touch this gross hand. Also, Air Bear, you know that they're just going to give you whatever kind of food you want in a second. Like, hold on, we don't need to eat the friend's hand. Yeah, like, but- calm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a point, but there is also something about eating Clips your gonna reach friend's out hand. <laughs> That's- are the living, are the living uh, intelligent creatures that the mansion serves ethically sourced? <laughs> <laughs> ethically farmed. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> Only if that's what everybody wants. <laughs> oh. All right. Interesting. Uh, this is a little dodgy ruling, uh, but I'll give it to you. Uh, you you do see um, you do see Opal like uh, staring at you and uh, she she um, kind of sneers at you and says, well, we can't have you being overly effective. Not if I've let you out of the gem. Wouldn't want you escaping. Plus, I think it's time we send your friends a message. I don't think they'll be very happy finding this. And then uh, you feel this just sharp pain as Opal slashes at your arm. Um, And then it kind of goes back to your regular vision. So I don't know what I was supposed to gain from that besides um, knowing that she cut this off. <laughs> Good to know. That was the last I, moments she was in possession of the hand. That was painful for me at this point. Maybe not, not again. <laughs> <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> now I suppose maybe we could have just had you touch the pan and learn something similar, but... Good to know you for see, next time. You see Opal pulling the pan. <laughs> the last three seconds, you see the inside of a cupboard <laughs> for like months. <laughs> <laughs>
it's difficult for me to know what I want my characters to do next. Yeah, I mean, we can't I, sleep now comfortably. That's for sure. So it's going to have to be a whole watch thing or we mm-hmm. need to set up a, like, I mean, Eclipse can do her, like, you know, rotating watchdog type of thing. But I mean, it's not exactly like we can sleep here if she can just get in and out. Yeah, we'll have to party up, take watches. Can't be quite the like relaxing. Everybody gets their own room and it's all pretty and fun like it was last time. Yeah. But I mean, we can at least make like bunk beds. I I guess that is true. (laughs) If one of us wants bunk beds. We can gather the auntie servants around and ask them to start building a watch area. (laughs) Including these bunk beds or maybe bunk couches. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, otherwise, I think it's like going to have to be basically we're going to have to treat it like a night. Like, yeah, it's more luxurious accommodations. But at the same time, we have to treat it just like a night in a campground uh, near a fight. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. Uh, Well, you guys do that um, and you take watches and, you know, you don't need to perceive for someone, like, appearing in the same room as you. Um, so nothing happens over the course of the night. It seems like she was there to send a message. All right. So I think we wake up in the morning and probably have to do all the regular stuff. Somebody needs to read this tome. I was looking at some of the things that it can do. The Lemurian Discourses. I can't remember if we talked about this last episode, but I think the best course of action for there is to flip it to one of Emily's characters because there are specific acts in here that you can use to significantly bump channel uh, efficacy. So, I mean, that's huge. Good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, Uska can definitely take the time to read it. She's surprised, though, that Matumbe gave up the book. <laughs> oh, he's got his own book, and this is a text of Ioma Day. He's interested. He wants to read it, but it's He knows okay. that if he does, he'll steal the bonus for the day. That's you true. can't read it first. You have to read it first. And then I'll be jumping all day long like I have a head start. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 11th act. Um so, so, so I, it sounds like Uska's going to do that. I think there's a couple other things that we need to resolve. I'm sure we're going to be doing pre-buff type of stuff, death wards, mm-hmm. mutagens. There's a couple extracts that Duren's going to do, all the standard pre-buff stuff. Sure. And Lyra will do a Harrow reading for everyone. Ooh, yeah. So let me see what we get there. Oh, we get hammer again, which I believe is what we had last time, and that is strength. So plus one to attacks. That's right. Do you want to do the, I believe it's Hunter's Blessing again? Do you have that prepared? Yes, Uska has that prepared. So once she's done preparing and reading the book, she'll cast uh, Hunter's Blessing on everyone, uh, doing the same same targets again where it's going to be undead and then kind of this area that we're in right now. Underground. Yep. Okay. There's one little cool bit of synergy that I I would like to call out on on this character sheet here. Durin is going to drink two extracts of um, what is it called here? Delayed consumption 
which means that at any time for an immediate action, I can activate a fourth level or lower extract that I pick right now. But the fourth level extract that I'm going to pick right now is universal formula. So basically twice today as an immediate action, Durin can enact any third level or below extract that I know, not prepared that I know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of eat a whole bunch of stuff, but it, the uh, the flexibility is really yeah, huge. Yeah. It's expensive. It's, you know, two higher slots, but you can mm-hmm. basically use anything. an immediate yeah. action to cast anything third level or lower that you know. So yeah. That's cool. Did you have those or did you get those from... Uh, got, uh, got them both from the... Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I, was, I had one of those prepared mm-hmm. like that so I could use like whatever the hell I wanted. I had a greater invisibility on the other one. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a fun combo. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I was reading those. Um, fun stuff alchemists can do. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume the standard buffs. You guys know what you buff yourself with normally, so give yourselves whatever. You have plenty of time, obviously. Like, you still have this, this wall stone-shaped. Just so... Because I think Tulia has a latent spellcraft enough to know this. Uh, she would know... For the next time you cast this mage's magnificent mansion, if you do rest again, if you make sure nobody is being scried upon, then she can't do that again. So she needs to know your planar location for that to happen. So, for instance, like if if Ikmer starts speaking up about like feeling like he's getting watched again, you guys need to like wait the duration of a scry spell or something before you do that. What is, like, the duration of a scribe spell? I'd have to read it. I think it's, like, ten minutes per level. So you have to wait, like, you know, two hours or something before you go into the mansion. Hey, come here. Put, just put him out in the rain. <laughs> Leave him in the lab. <laughs> oh, it's a minute per level. Minute per level. Oh, okay. <laughs> so wait, like, you know, 20 minutes and then... 20 minutes? Well, I mean, you, I mean, you to be safe... You don't know what level she is, right? Hopefully not 20. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to wait 20 minutes. Because at that point... You don't want to misjudge it, I, I guess. Like, you don't want to <laughs> wait 15 minutes and then have it be like, okay, no, yeah. it was 16. Mm-hmm. 21 minutes, just to yeah. be safe. <laughs> just to wait, like, 25 or 30, just in case you got a couple of mythic ranks or something. You never she's know. Out all the, she, she's, raising her, she's raising her caster level yep. with a bunch of uh, items or whatever. Um, or, you know... The, the other the other thing you would know about that is like those of you that are prepared casters particularly Uska might have a spell like non-detection uh, that she could prepare at the end of the day to um, like to especially protect like Ikmer from that because he is susceptible with this scar mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well if we return back to the basement of this place I think we gotta we gotta get moving on here. And before right. we leave, Uska's actually not going to cast Death Ward on us until we like get out and assess the situation because she rings her bells to cast it. So I want to preserve that for as long as possible since it's only 11 minutes. Sure. Igmer, you're no longer big, right? Correct. Do you want to be? Unless you, unless you get enlarged again. Tell me now or I'm making him small. Um, he, he can stay big. How? Right, so somebody, oh, never mind. It's, it's only a minute per level. 
Nobody's casting big oh, on okay. you, That's what I was more, like, confused over, is, like, you asking me if I can extend the enlarged person spell? I'll no. <laughs> but I would I would cast it again. I just, I thought it was a ten minute, not a one. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. All right. In due time. There you go. Igmer deflates. You will be big eventually. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, you're an assistant GM. You make him big. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of making him big. So you guys head back into the poop room after you unwall it off. And there's only one way forward from there. Uh, the lopper is back. He is uh, pissed that you guys got a spa day. Not pissed that he didn't or that he uh, missed ta- taking a watch. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, when somebody loses about, about even, um, you know what they say in the business. That's tough titties. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's kind of me- medium for missed titties because you know he takes the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I finished probably my spells. Okay. That's what I was doing. Tulia has way too many spells in her spell book. Oh, by the way, uh, Durin puts Anya's hand in a jar. Okay. Just in case she just gets like murked immediately by Opal, we can bring her back and use that as a bargaining chip with Saw. Good idea. I mean, technically, we could also that resurrect is her with it. Harrow card worthy idea. Ooh. Thank you. That is very clever. You're using the old saw trick against me. That's right. Let's see what I got here. Uh-oh. The joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. That is a chaotic good card. Hey, I love good cards. That's great to have. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I won't use it at a joke moment. And I think before we open the door and continue on, I think that's where it would be best to cast the death ward. So Usko will ring her three bells. Are we going to do minute per level stuff? Go for it. Do you want to be big? Or do you want me to make you big after the door? You don't know how big the hallway is past this single door. Mm. I can wait. I can wait. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to go put on Eclipse. I'm going to put on Eclipse's normal 10 minute per level. And then uh, she's going to cast her normal minute per level. Do you want me to run through with the normal minute per level are? We've done it. We've I we've know. These That's why I asked. Times. That's why I asked. Traditional stuff. Cool. If you're doing something special or unique this time, let me know. Alright, let me double check that I didn't make something weird until the end. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Who I usually cast a blur on someone who wants a blur. That is usually... Air Bear's already got one. From what? It's Cape. Oh. Yep. 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 So it's Ickmer. Either Ick or, you know, Eclipse. Anyone that's a frontliner could use it. I might give it to Eclipse since uh, Ickmer's much <laughs> since harder Since Ickmer has a 46 AC or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right. I'll put that on Eclipse. And then uh, who wants the heroism? I almost always give someone that too. Both my characters have it already, so I'm good. Yeah, I've got two of them prepped. And they're 10 minutes per level, so. I mean. Just give it to the sloppy loppy so it doesn't die again. Sloppy lobby. Ikmer or Air Bear. Well, Not a bad it. idea. Oh, give it give it to Air Bear. Well, wait. Heroism does stack with Inspire Courage. I thought Inspire Courage is also morale. I believe it is. Let me double check. Why why am I why are we doing heroism? Save. Because heroism affects ah. everything. Saves and then uh, skill checks. Sk- saves skills. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just uh had a moment there. Yeah, you're good. Alright. 
Well, I'll so yeah, it's it's really for this for the saves that heroism is good, which is why I was kind of like the lopper saves suck. So they do. So I'm gonna give one to the lopper, and then I'm gonna give the other one to Ikmer. Yeah, that makes sense because Air Bear's gotta get out of jail free. They both have something, but at the same time, Ikmer's is once per day. Yeah, Ikmer's mm. not. Air Bear's is like as many times as he has charisma or something. Mm-hmm. As many times as Brooks wants. <laughs> Yeah, they go. We'll just samurai it again. What's the harm? Hey, I I do not fudge numbers. There is no dubious math going on here. (laughs) We got a real samurai jag off over here. No kidding. (laughs) You said it. You guys probably want to put yourselves in order too. I assume. Oh, uh, one other thing before uh, Ikmer. The or the last thing that Ikmer did before he left the mansion was uh, sharpen his sword. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> this seems like a good arrangement. What is what what is this called? The this is like the the lopsided up. Oh, yeah, I'm, it was a lopsided hexagon, but now yeah, it's like a it's a parallelogram that's kind of missing a corner. Love it. I think it's still a hexagon. Yeah. Oh, I get. Two, well, three, one, four, two, five, three, six. That's six four, sides. Six, seven, eight. Weirdly shaped. I guess if you count these as diagonals. Yeah, that's. I'm, of, I'm. I'm closing. Closing corners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, that's okay. It's certainly a polyhedron. Good to get this. Uh, get this gravy train rolling. Yes, please. All right, you guys open the door and uh, head the right direction. You see a hallway to the south. Moving yourselves down it, you find a room filled with dirty rugs and torn pillow covers. There's a thick, heavy fog pervading the air, and the room kind of glows with the faint flicker of candlelight. There's an unusual scent of moldering chrysanthemums, and everywhere stare the mortared skulls of the dead. Uh, Igmar, you don't see anyone in this chamber from your vantage point. However, uh, it does seem like a kind of lounge area if that makes any sense uh, you see there's like pillows on the ground and that kind of thing I'd allow a craft alchemy for any of the any of those folks that actually enter like the hallway it'll be a while before Durin does so Matumbe is just going to hop on there he'll get in there long before Durin does yeah oh oh natural 20 nice, nice. Ooh. um this actually smells similar to the haunt siphons, which is a little weird. Oh. Um, and then you realize that living creatures can kind of use haunt siphons as a kind of drug. Huh? Yeah. Ow. Uh, you can huff it. Because it's do negative whippets? Be- yeah, they're doing, they're doing haunt whippets down here. Because it's I like... Think. M- you think there, there's like at least residue of it in the air. Dur- Dur- Durin might do a, do a haunt siphon. <laughs> <laughs> Do I just just to get ready? Yeah, we have six um, of them. I'm like, yes. Ikmer, as you take one more step further south, you can see two strung out Ren Church novices on the couch doing that exact thing. It's like they have these haunt siphons in their hands, and they're just kind of like. <sighs> and then their voices get all deep like this. Durin, it's it's one hit. And you'll look like that for the rest of your life. 
Yeah, there's a third. There's a third novice, but he's just deflated on the couch. <laughs> Oh, and then is, is there a fourth one that's cracking an egg and telling me that that's my brain? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's your brain on drugs. Yeah, there's there, there's one he's glued to the pillows, just cracking eggs on the floor. Yep. This is your brain on drugs, man. <laughs> it just magically gets more eggs replaced. <laughs> I'm high on haunts. Uh, even in your armor, Ikmer, they don't really pay you any mind. Oh my. They're pretty baked. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing these haunt siphons long enough. They're about seven days to the grave if you catch my drift. <laughs> Jesus. These guys are hazy in the gray district. <laughs> They're doing backwards for asthma spirals. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well then I guess we just kind of keep... Uh, which way to, you know, which way can we just kind of get through here? Just, we'll get out of your way real quick. Um, we won't, we won't even bother you. You talking to me, man? Um, wait, I'm in your mind? <laughs> man, I really must be pushing up daisies. I've never hallucinated off a haunt siphon before. It's a good, this one's a good strain, so. Are you, uh, are you the ghost of Renchurch novices past or future man um the past and I didn't know I was a half fork in the past man well you know uh everyone sees themselves in different ways and you know the past the past you would they do say the past is far behind us and the future doesn't exist that's why we sit here all day doing haunts. <laughs> uh, very. We're on our break. Do you do you mind? <laughs> which way do I? Which way can we go? Where are you trying to go, man? You trying to go uh, real high before you crash? I I got something for that. Not in that sense. Um, but, you know, was Nana Opal around? Um, where did Kendra go? Did you see Kendra? She was, you know... It's a lot of names, man, but I'm not putting faces to them. Yeah, I kind of kind of figured you wouldn't be a ton of help here. All right, um... Hello, I am the ghost of the present. Is there an oven around here? We're trying to get baked. Munchies. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. There's a well. It's kind of like an oven. It's it's more like a, some kind of creepy golem, though. Uh, but that uh, the old witch lady uses it to make cookies. Oh, those sound great right now. You can kind of go either way, uh, but you're gonna want to go like just skip all the rooms and go all the way to the south, and then like if you're going down past us. Uh, you're just gonna wanna eventually you'll uh, you'll take a left or I guess if you're facing the other direction right god damn it you'll take a turn there's gonna be a turn down there at the end <laughs> and then uh, there'll be another turn in like a room full of bodies and uh, and then the you know, there's like a double doors up to where that golem oven thing is you can go the other way too, and it's like if you took the directions and reversed them. 
getting directions from this guy. It's like a mirror, but like you can't see yourself in it. If you catch my drift. (laughs) (laughs) You mean not at all. Well, I mean, if you don't catch my drift, we all just float on, you know? (laughs) I see. Is there perhaps an angry tiger or a handless woman around here somewhere? Mm, I don't think I've seen one or Uh, both or either. It sounds like sounds like something that would be down here, but like, what do I know, man? I I I don't know. Um, Me neither. (laughs) Twins. You've been quite helpful. Uh, It's at this point. Ikmer, that you can see two women from deeper in the chamber approach. They're not regular human women. In fact, oh my god, um, they're like pale blue and covered in chains. Very sexy. Oh, I can't okay. see them. I'll show you. I'll show you. There's a lot of skin being shown. Blue. Yeah, blue this skin. is. A, hurry up! I can't Avatar. see it. <laughs> Oh boy. Avatar except for dreads, it's chains. Yeah. A lot two of chain scars. armies. Guess how they guess how there they do it with their chains. Not there. <laughs> Not gonna lie, guys. Checks a lot of boxes for me. Oh god damn it's me. Yep. Well um we uh we're just trying to get and, through he Ekmer, Yeah, they assuming. both turn like a cold gaze on the group of you. And before we roll for an initiative, I'm going to need you to finish your drinks because we'll see you next week. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I knew it. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Carrying Crown is copyright 2011. Carrying Crown and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo, Inc. and used with permission.